2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone
3: Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range, whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric. We have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie
4: Welcome to Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon. What a momentous time it is in Tokyo for Ireland. First, Afrikyo Emer Lam, Fiona Martha and Emily Hegarty bringing us bronze in the women's four rowing and overnight you will know that Paulo Donovan and Fintan McCarthy have won gold in the men's lightweight double skulls. So how are local rowing enthusiasts feeling? I'm joined on Late Lunch to begin the show today. I'm sure two people who are so happy. Yes they're members of Inver Rowing Club based on the River Boyne in Drogheda. I'm delighted to welcome Fintan Cudden, their chairman, and Glenn and Murphy secretary to late launch hello. hello
3: hi i think Terry
4: very good thanks so much for joining me on the show today finton and what about this uh, win overnight the gold and the bronze surely a huge shot in the arm for you guys
5: yeah it's brilliant um even though it's a slightly different type of rowing but yeah. um, row, rowing in, in general it's um over the pa- over the past few years has got um I suppose with with success because comes popularity and it just raises the profile of the sport and it's brilliant. Um, the uh, the crews started off with with Sunita uh, Pushpur. Um, at the at the last Olympic Games she was uh, she she was brilliant. She wasn't uh, she didn't have a great great race um, last night, but uh, the, the two lads brilliant as well. Um, I'm, I'm brilliant on camera too. They, they, the interviews they, they, they give are brilliant as well. Mm,
4: they're humorous to say the least. But I have to yeah, say to least, you, yeah. um, you, know, you, you know, you are in the business of rowing and yes. this ups the profile of all aspects of the sport for yourselves included. Tell us about your club. How many members have you at the moment? Uh,
5: with, around 30 members um re- uh, ranging in ages from teens right the right right the way up to, to, to mid fifties. Uh every uh, every shape and size. Um we we tend to row we, we row partly on the river. We try to row at sea as a, as much as possible because it is a coastal rowing club. The boat that 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 we row is is meant for offshore. It's meant for, for, for the sea a lot of our races and challenges would be at sea so um we tend to row at sea um as as much as possible
4: so uh 30 members of all ages how long are you at this
5: so, this is this is my fourth season
4: never never
5: never sat in a boat before uh before 4 years ago and, and i can't swim either so um you would think that that it wouldn't be a sport for for me now, but um definitely is there you
4: like
5: go. i'm i'm six foot six foot days uh somewhere between eighteen and nineteen stone so when 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 I went down there at forces said this uh, they're never going to let me in a boat I'd think it you know but uh <laughs> no it's it's uh, for for as i said for every Every shape and size, Jerry.
4: Ah, oh, that's good to hear. Glenda, let's have a chat with you. Glenda Murphy, Secretary of the Club. What's your story? How, how long are you at Inverculpa?
3: Um, I got involved in 2011, more so with the fundraising. Um, there was The Ors of Hope, a charity wrote, The Isle of Man, the club kind of established after that. So I got involved there and Then in 2013, we did a second row to the Isle of Man. We were to row over and back, but unfortunately the weather wasn't in our favour on the way back, so we didn't get to do the row back. But it is on the cards to do the challenge in the near future.
4: Good. And you're obviously a a mixed club, uh, gentlemen, ladies, boys and girls. And do you row as mixed crews as well?
3: Yeah, we would. Um, In competitions, we'd have all men, all ladies and mixed.
4: Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you were thrilled for the four girls. Oh yeah, brilliant! Uh, in yeah, the women's really four, brilliant. yeah, yeah, to, to win the medal. You know what I mean? And they're not together. I was just reading their back backstory. They only qualified late. You know what I mean? And they they've come in there and, and won a medal. It, it it's just terrific news. A, a moment ago, Finton mentioned there. You know, he, he's a big man, and he did never thought that he'd get in a, into a boat. What, what what do you say to anybody listening today who might you know be turning their thoughts perhaps to Yes, yeah. trying this from from a, from a lady's point of view.
3: Yes, well, you can like try it out for recreational purposes, um, or if you're competitive, you know, want to enter competitions. You know, there's both options there. I mean, mm-hmm. on, as Vincent said, we have the river and the sea. Like, if it was too bad to go out to sea, we still have the option of going on the river. Yeah, but um, it's it's definitely worth trying.
4: Mm. And and rowing has a a long history going back on the River Boyne Glenda You know, it, it 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 was a big thing many moons ago and then it went defunct. You you guys have revived it.
3: Yes. Um yeah, definitely coming out of the the Hope Charity Row. That's where the club formed. So there's been great interest in the club since.
4: Mm. And what about uh where you're based out of Finton? You're da- t- just to explain where you are and where your headquarters is and you've big plans, haven't you?
5: Yeah, we have indeed. Yeah, we're at the we're currently based um we have two containers down at the Bine Fisherman's uh, rescue service. Um they would be just on the on, on the town side of flow gas. Um, there's a parcel of land alongside them behind the if you know the pumping station on the on the Marsh Road, yes, there's a, there's a parcel of land uh, behind that. We so we are after only earlier on this year we've uh, we have a signed long-term lease for a portion of that land. So um, plans plans have been formalised at the moment to set up a permanent base in there. Um, we we'll move our containers into there, and maybe add a couple to them just to give us storage until such time as we build a clubhouse. So that's our plans going into going into to the future, and that'll and that'll allow us to expand, grow. It'll it'll allow us to 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 offer um, rowing to a wider to to to, to a wider um, uh, community people. You know, so that's the those are, those are our plans going forward. We have. We have big plans, but we're, t- we're, we're taking our time and making sure to, to, to do it properly, do do it right, Jerry. you know.
4: Mm-hmm. Glenda, what about uh, trying it out or testing it, as we mentioned there a moment ago? How do people, you know, get in contact with you guys or how do they uh, tip, dip their toe in the water? Sorry for the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes,
3: yeah, so they can contact us through the Facebook page, um, in Recall, Facebook page, and just send a message there and we just add them onto a list um normally we would have an open day, but just with COVID and the restrictions, it was hard to do it last year and this year. So we're bringing people down Monday night we have for new members. So we contact a couple at a time and take them down on a Monday night, mm. take them out with experienced rowers, give them a taste of it, you know, see what they think. And probably give them two or three goals before they actually decide if they want to join and whether
4: it's for them. Mm. Do you need much equipment to row? No, uh, for
3: ourselves? Like, yes. Well, we have our boats there, the oars, life jackets, uh, radios. Yep.
4: Yeah, so you're you're well kitted out to cater for anybody. You don't need anything in particular when you're going along there to to take yourself. And
3: no, no. maybe just a change of bottoms a and very good
4: old pair of footwear. Yes, 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 of course. Shall we you're saw <laughs> <your toe in.
3: laughs> we,
4: yeah, we saw one of the crews going under, didn't we in in one of the races in Tokyo in recent days yeah. as well. Is it tough Glenn to just stay in with you for a moment. Is it, you know it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a hard pull and you'll you'll get great exercise with this.
3: Yes, um, so like I was explaining, our boat is fixed seats, yeah. so it's more kind of upper body. Now mm. you can slide in the seats. Um, so two types of races we would do, we would have regattas, they would be sprints, so that would be just full-on sprinting, and then we have our longer rows, mm. you know, a sea row. So you, you would get a good a good workout from it, upper body and the legs.
4: Yeah, yeah, And uh, and a, a level of fitness would be beneficial, you'd say, yes?
3: It would indeed, if you're doing something outside yeah. the row and like going to the gym and that will benefit, mm. you know, in the boat, especially for long rows and just to keep the stamina going.
4: Yeah, Fintan, how, how, how frequently are you out in the water yourself?
3: Um, on the
5: average, um, between two and three uh, times per week. We usually go out um, at the moment, Tuesday, Thursday and uh, and once at the weekend. Mm. Now we're in, in training at the moment for uh, what we call the Lambay Challenge, which is um, from Rush Sailing Club around Lambay Island and back again. It's, 20, it's a 20 kilometre row. Um, the club has done it before. I've I've never done it, so we're in tra- we're we're in training for that. So we do need to 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 get out um, twi- at least twice and ho- hopefully three three times per week, weather weather permitting, you
4: know. Mm. And uh, weather permitting, of course, and sea conditions always uh, taken into account. This Boyne Regatta Cup that dates back to 1881 was that you, Glenda, that was involved in retrieving it?
3: Um, yes, I got a phone call from a guy over in Mayo and said. He knew the lady that had the cup. So I got in contact with her and her father had purchased it in an antique shop in Dundalk in the 50s. So the lady herself, she has a stall at the market and she deals with antiques. So met up with her and got a look at the cup. So the club decided to buy it off her. So it's in the Mill Museum Museum on show at present. And then when eventually we get our clubhouse built, we'll take it back and display it in the cabinets.
4: Lovely. This is real history, isn't it? They're, they're dating back what 140 years or so—a long yeah. time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was won by um, a Dublin University club, but it's actually engraved like the, it's the Boyne uh, Regatta. Yeah. Cup uh, from that year.
4: Yeah, and it does show, as I was saying, uh, the history of rowing that stretches way back on the River Boyne of all formats of, of uh, rowing as well. So, listen, you couldn't, folks, ask for a bigger shot in the hand. We don't talk about rowing. Yeah, I can tell you this. You know what I mean? An awful lot uh, on the airwaves here. You know, it's, it's it's a minority sport. But by God almighty, you're top of the pops, folks, now. <laughs> with these medals. The future is bright. The future is rosy. Uh, listen, delighted for you and love to... Uh, to hear about and understand a little more about another sport that's brought honour and glory to this little country of ours. I wish you well, and folks, just reminding everybody listening, if you're interested at all, they're very welcoming. They look after you. Inver Culpa Rowing Club on Facebook. Make the appointment and away you go. We could be uh, talking inadvertently to Olympic champions down the road in years <laughs> to come. Glenna <laughs> and Fintan, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you,
4: Derry. Take care. Thank you, you very much, Derry. Not at all. Bye bye. That's Linda Murphy, Secretary and Finted Cutton, Chair of uh, Inver Culpa Rowing Club. And uh, uh, congratulations again to our Irish medal winners and all our athletes at the Olympic Games. That's going to be a great show on Monday with Eamon Duffy. One hit wonders. God, you often think about that, don't you? That somebody has a massive hit and they have no follow-up. Looking forward to that with Eamon on Monday afternoon here, the bank holiday on LMFM Radio. Louise, history was made last night by the Wednesday Club. We returned indoors for the first time. Well, first time in what? Uh, since March 2020, okay, March 2020, we'd been out, you know what I mean, outdoors in recent weeks. Not but
6: just. How did few... it feel?
4: oh how did it feel? I remember that man that I interviewed. It was like the cows being let out on <laughs> grass after <laughs> you
6: were buck clapping round the barrier. Yes. You, know, you know, it was the Again. other way
4: round. Cows let out on grass after winter. We're <laughs> coming indoors after being out on grass for a while. Oh be the Lord God. It was just lovely, I have to say. And I have to say, Brian in McDonald's on uh, the Cord Road had everything in order, checked us as per the regulations. And you know what? I was saying this. I have my cert. on, We all had on our phones. And Brian had a little app on his and he just scanned our, you know, the QR code on my phone. And all my details came up on his, the proprietor. He had all my details there. Everything, you know, mask if you're moving about, sanitising the hands, signing in, everything done immaculately, I have to say. Well done to McDonald's. Uh, really, really felt comfortable, you know what I mean? And safe and spaced ourselves. And there We're wasn't that many Are you know, middle of the week, not many about, you know, and uh, it was grand. To get your pub Chris. Uh, <laughs> I heard somebody chomping but you see I left that till I got home oh, I uh, at midnight love the
6: pub crisps
4: oh when I and got peanuts. home you see when I get home after uh, you did have the munchies on you You know when you have the munchies mm. I enjoyed my crisp then and I'll sambo on that and a mug of tea do you
6: not think pub crisps taste nicer
4: Oh, they probably do. It's
6: in the. Pub. I know they're, they're just the same. Yeah. They just taste nicer <laughs> or something. I do you don't remember
4: know. those big bags of pub crisps? Massive ones, yeah. And there was P U B on the front of them. Do you mm. remember yeah. those from years ago? They were made obviously by the Tato or Perry crisps or mm. uh, King Crisp people. They're all made by the one nearly now or whatever. But I remember there were there were red and brown coloured or yellowy coloured. Yellowy, bag, I, I remember. They? I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that 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 colour pub crisps. Mm. Yeah, they, they're not made anymore. No, you'd never see them now. They're thing of the past. They have and even,
6: do you remember there was a time there was a fad in pubs of the hot nuts like hot peanuts. Yes. You don't get them at yes. all anymore either.
4: Or, you know what? You know what's a favourite of mine? You don't get them in Ireland. Pork scratchings.
6: Are they like um, bacon bacon fries? Oh
4: a no, completely different. Oh, they? are mm. actually pork fat, deep fried huh. with salt and seasonings. Now, they're heartbusters. Oh God almighty, you shouldn't be eating them But if you start eating pork scratchings, oink oink, you won't stop I can tell you that for sure, but you can't get them in Ireland, pork scratchings That's Ever. the thing about it. the big thing in the UK, can't get them here There's an opportunity for somebody there Anyway, coming up on late lunch after two We're heading to New York City to talk to Ameed Jarvie, I've spoken to him before It's a long time, we're going to catch up Rhys is on her way to deals as I speak Thank you, Mick. Mick was in touch to say pork scratchings, Jerry. You can get them in Deals. I don't know where Louise is gone. They, it's an autopilot in there at the moment. Are you gone yet? I'm
6: ringing them. I'm ringing Deals.
4: <laughs> you really want to taste them, don't you?
6: Yeah, I'm going to get a packet. I wonder do they do bacon fries? I'll try and get them in tomorrow.
4: Yeah, let's see. Can we get them and try them? But uh, and tell them about your other combination you were telling me about.
6: Oh, doesn't everybody not get a bag of potato uh, crisps in a pub and empty the peanuts into them and give the bag a shake and then eat them both combined?
4: I've never heard of it in my life. Oh, it's lovely. Folks, is there anybody else lovely. does that? Peanuts and crisps combined in the Salted one bag. peanuts,
6: put them into your bag of cheese and onion and just give them a bit of a shake. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, you'd be sculling pints after that with all the salt you really would. Uh, Louise's she's unique I take it Arloise she is unique Arloise she is indeed you ever see
6: me in the pub I'm in the corner
4: (laughs) (laughs) hiding the bag mixed nuts and crisps as well anybody else do that thing with the nuts and the crisps mixed 086 1800 658 whatsapp or text to the show we'd love to hear from you 086 1800 658 and we'll pick up your messages in a wee while anyway you never had pork scratchings never. no
6: never so I'm looking forward to tasting them
4: tomorrow tomorrow we'll do the taste test on late lunch. Now we move on and I'm delighted to say hello to my next guest. It's been quite a while I have to say since we spoke and he came into my mind thinking about the situation remember back in New York the awful uh, container trucks of bodies being kept in cold storage back when the pandemic was at its height and I, he was one of the people over there I thought about back then and he's been on my mind for a while and he's a Jarvie in New York City he's from Kilbury just outside Navin in County Mead and he's on the line to late lunch today Colin McKeever, hello hello there how are you? Great to talk to you again. It really is, Colm. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us on the show this afternoon. Will you just remind me and my listeners, what year did you go out there and what took you to New York?
7: Um, I came to, over to the States in uh, 1987. Um, I uh, had a sports scholarship. I played basketball for Ireland. I got a basketball scholarship to come to uh, school over here in the States. And uh, that was it. Uh, never, Never left
4: from 87 there you go you put down the roots yeah. and uh the rest is history what well, you know yeah. the, the sport took you there initially how did life lead you to where you are today and what you do today
7: well um so uh with the horse on carriages uh coming from a farming background you know i uh, horses were always a huge part of my life and uh um, I got into that business, uh, very early on and, uh, you know, I was doing that for a number of years and, uh, then I got into the real estate business. I'm a real estate broker now. And, um, yeah, so it was actually a customer, customers I had taken for years, you know, I noticed they were all looking for real estate and I said, I might as well have my own real estate license, which I did, you know, must have been 15 or 20 years ago now, Jerry. And, uh, um, then um, my wife and I set up a relocation company. One of the, one customer I'd taken for a trip. He was a CEO, and I ended up getting him sorted with his accommodation and all the you know the contents of his home and interior designer and all that good stuff. And he ended ended up giving me the relocation for the uh, for the the company and uh, you know moved on to some other companies on the on the uh, the heel of that. You know.
4: Yeah. So that's what you do. Do you actually? Uh uh, seek out places for people or, or are they there already
7: Yeah, I do. I work with companies and I, I you know, I relocate their principals and partners uh to New York. Um the uh you know, primarily they're interested in going to areas when they have children coming over, you know, they want to know where the the schools are, usually mm. the British Baccalaureate schools they're looking for. Um, you know, the interesting thing with real estate, we're not actually allowed to direct people uh, to the schools. It's considered steering, So that's what, you know, what uh, uh, gave us the idea to set up the relocation company. You know, I can't, being a realtor, I can't speak about... Uh, uh you know schools but my 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 darling wife can uh okay she's with me and uh she she uh does all that good stuff so okay. we get
4: them sorted so uh, it's an interesting business that you've developed and it's yeah. growing for you and you're doing very well with it as well and the jarvy thing uh i take it do you, do you ever drive now and now uh, uh, given that the pandemic and all that's affected things and that do you ever hop in still and take people around I, I, not as much.
7: I, I, I still have the horses, uh, Jerry. Um, I'm actually going to Pennsylvania on Monday next to to uh, buy a horse. One of my good friends over the years, an Amish farmer. I'm going down to uh, meet him on Monday, and uh, I do. I still have the horses. I have drivers in there. As you can imagine, from the uh, pandemic, um, uh, our business was almost the first one to be considered non-essential. Mm. Uh, understandably, with everything that had gone on. So March 30th, 20th, I believe, 2020. Um, We uh, stopped and we sent all the horses away at, you know, massive expense. The horses were out on farms, upstate New York, out in Pennsylvania. Um, We didn't bring the horses back um, until September. And you can imagine, uh, you know, how slow business is. Even today, um, you know, like our cash cow is Broadway. Once the Broadway shows are up and running, uh, we're good. That's the cash cow for New York City. When it's not running, everything crawls to a halt. Mm. And the the issue with the Broadway theatres... the buildings themselves the, the theaters are so antiquated um you know they're very very small poor ventilation you know like when the actors and actresses go off stage to you know change outfits some of the changing rooms they're so small they actually need assistance so social distancing is not possible for these folks and uh you know there's good news in the forecast where i think september we're finally going to have uh you know folks back in the in the uh in broad, on broadway which is which is good news um, but uh, you know it's going to be a slow, a slow, a slow run for sure.
4: Yeah, I'm familiar with them. I've been over there a number of occasions. We love to go when uh, when we go. Theatre, of course, is something we want to do. I've been in them. I know what you're talking about, and and it is a real difficulty. But great to hear that there's good news on the horizon, it will kick through uh, all of society and the business end of things there a, a, as well. So you have a few horses. There's there's a bit of business, is there, around Central Park at the minute?
7: There is indeed, Jared. Yes, like, it, it's um, it's slowly, slowly picking up, you know, just, just like Ireland. Mm. What has happened, it's uh, rather than vacations, it's staycations where people are staying home. And, uh, you know, like, on, on, a, on a huge scale in the United States, when they, you know, for, for several months, the entire country was staying home. People get cabin fever. And, uh, you know, what happens, you know, on the ripple effect on the ponds, the hotels and the airlines create... Uh, incentives to get folks travelling, and mm. that has happened for sure in New York. So we do have, you know, lots of lots of people in town, availing of the. Uh Excellent prices that you've never, we've never seen before. You know, you could stay yep. in a plaza hotel for a couple of hundred bucks a night, but you know, ordinarily you'd be looking at about eight hundred bucks a night. You yes. know, so it's, yes. it's, there's there's massive, massive deals out there right now.
4: I just saw before I came on air, uh, UK have you know, lifted restrictions, and in hours, in, in literally hours, the bookings the other way from the states into the UK have yep. just rocketed through the roof. Now we're waiting to, you know, we can't go your way from UK or Ireland at the moment
8: yeah it's it's just
7: uh, you know there's been such an amount of cabin fever and there's been you know where the you know people's disposable income has uh you know they've had no real outlet for that, so like we're seeing is on every front over here real estate is the business that i'm in right now. Um, you know, it's, 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 it, there's a frenzy right now where folks have just uh, been squirreling away for the last couple of years and, uh, you know, the, their deposits and down payments on homes, uh, they, can, they can really uh, go, for, go for a better property than they uh,
4: would yeah. have had a few, years, a few mm-hmm. years back. Yeah, same here with the amount that's in savings at, at the moment. Uh, when you think back to when you went over there, 87 and the, the price of real estate back then, uh, why in hindsight, would that be fair to say, Colin?
7: Oh, my God. Yeah. Like if you had invested in, in real estate uh, pretty much at any time, you know, like even even through good times and bad times, you know, historically, you're not going to lose. But if you're, you know, like if you're if you're buying residential real estate, you know, you, you know, for, for, you wouldn't be buying it for, for a short term profit. You know, you'd yeah, yeah. be in it for five, ten years, you know, yeah, yeah. similar to at home.
4: Uh, now, you've two lovely uh, daughters, one in New York, one in Galway, and she's been here through Covid.
7: That's right. Yeah, my my middle my middle girl Moya Sorry, you
4: have three? Have you three of them? We have three kids: um, two girls and a boy. Sorry, yeah. Um,
7: yeah. My, my 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 eldest is up in Boston. Uh, my uh, middle girl is in uh, N U I G. She's doing occupational therapy there, and uh, my my little lad who's not so little anymore. uh just realised the other day, he's just after passing me out. He's six foot two. He's fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's calling me little man now, which is not great. Uh, but um, uh, he's starting high school um, next uh, in September, and uh, so uh, yeah, and uh, so we're we're over and back. I'll be over at the end of August, uh, getting Moya settled back into college. Mm. Uh, she spent a year there uh, remote. She had a couple of classes, you know, like where she was uh, in class, you know, like there's not 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 a big number doing the occupational therapy there. So she did spend a year there, but it, like everybody else, it was a. Uh, you know, an upsetting year for sure.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, look there, they've been in college virtually and their people haven't seen their uh, uh, colleagues at all yet. And uh, look, the, the news is better here as well. And uh, there's good news on the horizon, I think, with greater opening up of everything across society. Um, you, I, I know you have a place here that you can bolt back to. What about Kilberry? Have you connections there still?
7: I do indeed. Um, My mum... Uh my mum my Ann McKeever, uh, my brother Declan McKeever, my other brother Keen McKeever, they're farmers just outside of uh uh near Simonstown in, in Antlestown, which would be like halfway to Kilberry uh, mm. there. So they're 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 uh working hard this time of the year. they I guess the harvest now is coming up and uh you know, like like every every other farmer, they're delighted with the weather or complaining about the weather one yeah. one way or the other. It's hard, hard to keep them
4: satisfied. We were only talking about it uh, yesterday to Darren McCullough, the day before our most famous farmer in the country, and I was slagging him about that. They're never happy with weather, but jeepers, they have to be happy with this year with the weather we've had and the harvest has been bountiful and hopefully it will over the weeks ahead. But it is it's a hard it's a hard work it's hard work when you're on the farm. That's that's for sure. What about New York sure. in general? You mentioned there, you know, money for real estate people are looking at upgrading uh you know there's a pent-up desire to travel there from people in the states to get to new york etc as well what's it been you know you you were there the end of the trump presidency biden coming in now what what's it like on the ground that transition or how is the new regime compared to the previous
7: well the um uh We've gone through a tumultuous time really here in New York over the last number of years. Um, Bill, Bill de Blasio has been the mayor and uh, mm. he, has, he has really done, done no good at all for New York City. <clears throat> Anytime you have a mayor um, who uh, doesn't uh, get along with the police force, it's a real problem. Um, the, the police won't work for a mayor like that and and uh, you know as a result to become a more of a reactive force than a proactive force it's very important to have a proactive police force um we're excited uh, with um our new new chap who who uh will be coming in mr adams um and uh we he uh, was, is a, was a police officer um we feel his his relationship with the police department which is it's it's huge moving forwards you know like you need you need somebody. Uh, who Who is really able to govern somebody who's able to to lead and uh, unfortunately we we haven't had a leader in New York for the past number of years um, and uh you know you can see it on the streets um you know there have been several different factors that have have led to uh you know just it, it has reverted back in New York to what it would have been like in the early eighties and you know unfortunately with covid Uh, You know, like a lot of the homeless shelters, you know, like through social distancing, they had to uh, uh, have those folks evacuate from there. Um, You know, with uh, hotels being vacant, they've used a lot of hotels in town. And, uh, you know, we're just coming out of the ripple effect of that. But definitely uh, the streets uh, of New York looked a lot more like they did, uh, you know, about six months ago, like they did back in the late 70s, early 80s. you know it's going to take some time uh you know and some leadership really to bring to 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 to, to bring uh things back to the norm yeah. um you know you have the police departments and uh you know cops today in new york are really fearful of, you know, getting into any any altercations mm. with everything that's been going on politically. They're just, you know, concerned yes. for their jobs. Anytime they come into a situation, it's a real worry for them. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a tough, tough job right now.
4: Yeah. So what you're saying to me really is, it's the governor of New York dictates rather than whoever is president of the country. I hear what you're saying to me there. And uh, not impressed with de Blasio. But uh, I-, I was reading, and I have been reading about that, that it's more dangerous on the streets now. And it's shocking to hear because it wasn't no go area back in the times you were talking about, and people were fearful on the streets. I always felt safe and assured any time I was there. Subsequently, so we you need to get back to that situation.
7: Oh yeah, we need we need to get back to that situation and get back to that situation fast. And you know, like there was only one mayor that came in, and you know, righted the ship in in, in a short period, and that was Mayor Giuliani when he came in after after Dinkins. Uh, you know, he did a, a hell of a job really quick with the help of Bill Bratton, who was the police commissioner back then. So, you know, we're very hopeful that Adams, um, you know, has that same, you know, leadership skills and, uh, you know, fearless leadership leadership skills. Because, uh, you know, if anybody comes into the job now tentative, it's going to be, you know, a long, long time down the road before we, we have a, a New York that resembles uh, the New York prior to uh, mm. the uh, pandemic.
4: Interesting, interesting indeed. Well, look, at, uh, you're going good with the real estate. Continued success to yourself and, and your wife and all of your family there. And uh, I hope to get back there someday uh, myself to, to, to visit it once more. It's a fantastic, fantastic city. And I wish you all the very best. And thank you for talking to us again today, Colin. It's lovely to catch up. Thank you so much. Great to, great to talk to you again, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Colin McKeever there from Kilbury. Interesting, isn't it, about New York? It was a shocking place. It was in the late 70s into the 80s. And Giuliani, well, he lost the plot in my book with Trump, but he did clean up that city. And you hear you hear there for yourself, first hand, uh, real worry on the ground. So hopefully the new governor coming in will do, as column says there. Great links between New York City, of course, and Ireland and the North East here as well. I know we have many people listen to us as they wake in in the mornings over there online. And don't forget, you can always listen to LMFM online. Get that app, download it onto your phone and you can take us with you no matter where you go. In the world,
6: vindicated. (laughs) You're strange, not me. (laughs) Thanks, everybody who eats. Peanuts and crisps. Been
0: together.
4: I can't believe at the amount of people that uh, I thought maybe there'd be another oddball or two out there. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean that at all. But anyway, uh, look at this. This is amazing to see this. Well, let's let's just run through some of them. Yes, crisps and peanuts, Jerry. Absolutely lovely together, says a listener. you got to taste it to live. Here's another one dry roasted. Now, uh, you're your salted, peanuts. Salted, are you? yeah. Dry roasted. This is specific now, very specific listen to this dry roasted king crisps and a pint of Heineken. Mmm. Mm, yes. <laughs> what about this from Geraldine and Finians? Hiya, Jerry. Love tato and peanuts mixed very tasty and it does work up a thirst says Geraldine. You have to concord with that. You would be thirsty after all this. Uh, peanuts and crisps says somebody else. I even asked the barman <laughs> for a bowl. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I can just see that as, as I read it there. Yes, Sarah, Jerry, you can't be cheese and onion crisps with peanuts thrown in. Louise is 100% Me. right.
6: And it's all in the shaking of the packet. Is it? Yeah.
4: It really That's the important thing. And there's another. Yes, Jerry, I do that with the crisps and the peanuts. Yum, yum. Another one here uh, from Jean Nuts and Tato, Jerry. It has to be Tato for Jean. What about this from Liam in RD? This is now new. this I, I want to test you here. I'm testing Louise here. Liam in RD says, Jerry, nuts, crisps, and broken chocolate.
6: That would be lovely. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Liam. I can't,
6: I can't understand here. why there isn't a flavoured, like a Nuts Crispin. And- chocolate button flavoured
4: crisp <laughs> well I'm okay I'm setting you another task you have to try that now you have okay. to give the nuts to crisp and the broken chocolate like Liam says and there and see what, <laughs> what, comes, what comes of it my oh my the folk are strange aren't they strange indeed but look at whatever tickles your fancy but you know just the combination it has to be a winner anyway hasn't it oh yes, yeah, it definitely. just has you know you have all the flavours mixed in there for sure anyway just we've missing
6: the, tomato ketchup <laughs>
4: Oh no, <laughs> don't ruin it now, please. And I love tomato ketchup, but not on crisps or or, or peanuts or that. We better tell them about the bingo because it's going great guns. Z- Do you like bingo, Louise? Do you ever play bingo? I used board? to
6: always play it as a kid. My Did goat you? my auntie. Mm, yeah. Auntie Melda used to bring me
4: everything. Did she? Mm. And you went along?
6: Yeah, I used to go about three or four times a week. Did you ever win? Oh, <sighs> Might have got an L- yeah. one line here or there that's about it.
4: Well you know on LMFM radio bingo it is flying along to be honest. Your big jackpots many winners. Christine Arkins from Lloyd and Kells we know her well Margaret Fitzmorris, Cortown Kells. Oh Kells, Kells are winning big this week. 600 euro each next week's jackpot is 7,800 oh. euro. Imagine winning that wouldn't it be great. And don't forget to post in any of the books that you played on for weeks 27 to 30 because you could win. We have two staycation breaks, 400 each of the word In any of the Maldron Or Clayton Group hotels In Ireland The draw has been made On Sinead Show 11 to 1 On Monday the 9th of August So don't forget You can buy your book For next week's game Online That's lmfm.ie Or from outlets Across the North East Check it out lmfm.ie Check Oh would you love To be saying that For the whole lot And winning uh, the big prize Well somebody will One day That's for sure Still to come On Late Lunch This afternoon Let me tell you What's coming up In the Second hour of the show. Mark McGrain, yes, it's moo it Mark after half two. Dundalk supporters, they're not supposed to be in Tallinn, but they're on their way there. A few of them are going to be catching up. And Connor Hughes, yes, as news first, so he's involved in the Big Sea Rescue, but his charity, Cross Cause, are really helping people with the help of others in Africa, but I just want to mention today, uh, segueing into our next song, ZZ Top. Do you remember them, folks? Oh, I remember ZZ Top, Louise, racy videos in Ireland when you couldn't see a leg or anything else. ZZ Top came Does on have the. Have a deli. name
6: for a song called Legs.
4: They do indeed, mm. and more besides. We couldn't wait for their videos. Anyway, sad to report today, Dusty Hill. One of the ZZ Top The Beardy Boys 72 He died Sadly passed away But in tribute to ZZ And all those memories Of a young people Growing up Looking for something A little Racy in Ireland When we had nothing Yes here they are With Gimme All Your Lovin' Don't we and haven't we always loved our grub on late lunch? I'll be back to your peanut and crisp concoctions. They're still coming into us here. I'm coming back to a little bit later on the show. But we turn to milk now. Remember some time ago I spoke to Tamar Smith from Holy Cow Milk in Dramiskin in County Louth. A new concept of dispensing milk into glass bottles. Well, not to be outdone, they're at it in the Royal County as well. In particular in Walterstown at McGrain's Milk Bar- Barn. I'm delighted to welcome Mark to the show. Hello, Mark. Hello, Gerry. Thanks for having me. Uh, not at all. Delighted to have you because this concept, it, it appears it's taking off. When did you open for business?
8: Uh, we're open uh, 10 days now, the Friday of last week, so it's going very well.
4: Okay, early doors. Where did you get the dispensing machine from? Um, the,
8: the dispensing machines and the pasteuriser came from uh, Unison, Unison and Limerick. And the uh, dispensers came from DF Italia, but uh, Unison is an agent for them.
4: OK, so you uh, picked this up and obviously they're, these are making them and uh, they're becoming more and more in demand. You mentioned the pasteurisation there. Pasteurised but not homogenised. That means, yeah. does it, that the cream comes to the top?
8: Yeah, that's for everybody that comes in here, young and old, um, I'm sorry, of years gone by that they're running to the door of the house to get the milk with the cream on the top, so... Mm. it's bringing back a lot of memories to
4: people oh sure and it's, it's, it's perfect once she's pasteurised pasteurised she's done and dusted I remember that myself and you see with the cartons now and everything you never see that
8: no well see homogenised it breaks down the fat so you wouldn't see it in the cartons too much yeah. as, but this, this is non-homogenised
4: so. yeah so that process <laughs> in itself eliminates it you have it it's back cream on top of the milk uh, folks how many uh, cows are you in there?
8: There's over 400 there at the
4: minute. 400 cows. And Dad Michael, it all began with him. He's still there, running round, stuck in the middle of it.
8: He's still the main man here,
4: yeah. So. Ah, <laughs> the main man. We wish him well. It takes a lot of work to milk 400, I'm sure. Once or twice a day?
8: Twice a day. We usually start at half five in the morning, then again three o'clock in the evening. So mm. We try to be done at six, so you still have a good evening after that. So.
4: And it is, folks, 365 days a year. It never stops. And at least your brother's with you and your dad's there. So you can uh, organise it to get a bit of time off then.
8: Ah, yeah. Usually we um, work 12 days and then you get two days off. So yeah, it's not too bad. But if you ever want to go anywhere, there's someone to cover. So it's not too bad.
4: Yeah, that that is good. So what happens? You, you arrive, you, you buy a bottle. Is that it first?
8: Yeah. So the first day you arrive, um, there's two types of bottles. There's a liter bottle and there's a 500ml bottle. So um, mostly, if you're getting milk, you'll get the liter bottle. And then if you're getting milkshakes, generally they go for the 500ml if they're small children. But uh, teenagers or young young adults will go for the big milk, milkshake in it. So it's, mm. first off, of course with You have to buy the milk. You have to buy the bottle at 350 uh, for the big one and the small one at 250. then on it's one euro for the small milk and 150. For the one-litre milk, same as your local
4: shop. Yeah, so you're very competitive. I see that on price-wise. And that's a little thing you mentioned there, very important. You have the flavoured syrup so you can make it the shake of your desire.
8: Yeah, it is, they're going down very well now. So we're running short of them nearly already. So Are you? we'll have to yeah. order a few more. So the strawberry, the chocolate is vanilla and banana and
4: (sighs) over the weekend we might introduce a few more as well oh you can't beat the banana that's my preference there to be honest with you and uh, seven days a week again like the milking operation this is open all of the time
8: yeah well at the minute we're opening eight days Monday to Friday and probably at the minute seven or nine to seven on a Saturday and maybe ten to
4: six on a Sunday okay okay and where exactly are you pinpoint where you are for listeners Walterstown's a big place
8: Um, we're just up the road from Walsh Church on the Screen Road right so it's um, probably you're probably three miles off Garlow Cross and then probably two miles off Ballarat
1: Mm. so
4: ah you've pinpointed well there Uh, uh, Google Maps couldn't do it any better I have to say so it's going good you're very happy with it and you see this as a way forward this is an aspect of your business because of course you still supply uh, the, the dairies don't you yeah
8: Oh yeah, this is only a small part of it. Yes. Everyone still goes to the dairies there, so
0: mm,
8: it's mm. great. But um, no, it's been very busy. There's people coming from everywhere, 20 miles away. There's some customers coming, they're getting six, seven bottles every second day. And then there's people coming there on bikes. There's a lot of kids cycling from mm. Kentstown and Screen and Waterstone. And mm. I just want to thank all the people from Waterstown came last week after the cool camps in Waterstone, So we are very busy.
4: Good stuff, yeah. and uh, while you're with me, with the recent scorcher of a spell, how are you faring out for feed? There's not much grass growth.
8: Yeah, no, there's not much grass, we're feeding cows uh, heavy enough, but look, with that rain that came the last two days, it'll help the situation. Mm-hmm.
4: So. Yeah, not surprised that you have to uh, supplement even at this time of the year. Well, there you go, and Friesians, yes? Yeah, all hogs and Crescent, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, the, the, the best milk uh, producers of the lot. Well, there you are, folks. We have one in Loud, Thomas, uh, Smith, Holy Cow, Dramiskin, and Walterstown in County Mead. So you're well covered for your cream on the top milk. Thank you for joining me. I know you're a busy man. Wish you well. Thanks very much, Sherry. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Mark McGrain there from McGrain's Milk Barn. Now, Louise, what about a flavoured milkshake with your concoction in your crisp bag?
6: I was just thinking, would you you you'd be drinking that milk with the cream on top with I, your bag of crisps? Yes,
4: I love yeah. cold milk with a bag of cheese and onion crisps. Mm-hmm. I just adore it. But with the cream on top, all oh, Louise used to be the race in our house for the you know when the bottles were outside, you know when you got milk in the glass bottle, yeah, and you'd have. You know, Bigly. the top would be pale yellow and white below with the cream on the top. Mm. There'd be a race in the mornings to get down, <laughs> whip the bottle, put that over your cornflakes. And then my mother would come down and say, you're supposed to shake that cream through the bottle before you open it. Would I it would be I like
6: skim milk then, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it would. <laughs> I
4: will next time, ma'am. I will <laughs> next time. I'll do that next time. Sure, there would never be a next time. You'd be always good. Or if you went down or a bird picked the foil. The birds used to pick the foil on the top of the bottles. Right. The birds got clever. They'd know the cream was at the top and they'd come down and pick and they'd take the cream out. Jesus, if it was today with the gulls, there wouldn't be a bottle left, never mind cream <laughs> on the top, to be honest with you. Do people remember those times? I remember that well. But we used to get our milk from Packy Phillips, the local farmer, loose milk, as we called it. You know what I mean? The the real, nothing done to it. Just the milk as the cows mm-hmm. were milk. We, we drank Steam that. Steam coming off the top of it. Steam coming off the top of it and the bastions and everything else in it as well. Did you
6: ever milk a cow? Uh,
4: I did. And was I it? milked goats. I did, yeah. I did. I milked goats especially. He had goats running with the cows and he used to put some of the goat's milk through the cow's milk to give it a bit of body. Yeah, I remember those times. I did milk a cow once or twice in my life. I'd be a bit nervous doing it. But there were hand milk cows in those days. And then the machines came in. Look at the machines they have today. And the goats were always hand-milked as well. I've done that. I've been there, wore the t-shirt for sure, yeah. And you'd always have to be careful in the cow parlour when they'd be in to be milked because... The, they have to poo you know I we were talking about Pish you had day. that girl on a
6: couple of weeks yeah, yeah. ago do you do remember the girl and, I said and girl yeah
4: and I said to her if a cow coughed when they were having a poo <coughs> boom <laughs> 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 what came out the back end well You could be a bit splattered, you know what I mean? You had to be careful for that. But anyway, luxury that's only its part of nature and what they have to do like the rest of us. Anyway, uh, memories, memories of milk and milking of yesteryear on Late Lunch. More of those combinations. Do you see them there? Somebody saying you have to crunch the crisps smash them up in the bag with oh, the peanuts yeah. is that yeah. what you do mm-hmm. oh you have to make them I didn't realise that is small here's another one I often eat marmalade and cheese sandwiches mm. Jerry. black currant and cheese and wholemeal, bre- wholemeal bread it's lovely I know of a person who eats sausage and marmalade sandwiches Ugh, I don't like marmalade love it no can't stand it. but you can't beat the gooseberry Ah, the gooseberry jam, my woman. Oh, my God, am is I enjoying nice? that? Oh, is it nice? It's just superb. I'm enjoying it still. I really am. Anyway, short break and late lunch. Back to your her food concoctions a little later. But after the break, uh, we'll be heading to... Tallinn in Estonia. Jerry Hanlins in Greenore also doing the milk in bottles. Delighted to mention them and thank you for letting us know. Now, this evening, Dundalk are in Europa Conference League action. It's 2 2 after the first leg against Levadia Tallinn and uh, the match takes place in Tallinn. I was there when the drugs were there playing in Europe as well. It's a beautiful city. Anyway, no Dundalk fans. Well, not in your life, because as Adrian Taff arrived at the airport, he bumped into three Dundalk supporters. Adrian. All right, Jerry. Well, I'm here
9: in Tallinn. I expected this to be a total solo trip as regards seeing anyone from the northeast region at all. I thought I was the only one travelling out here, save for the actual team and the travelling group with the team. But I've come across three Dundalk fans who are out here. Uh, this is a big surprise to me. I didn't even see them on the flight. I've just landed in Tallinn and uh, I've come across three lads and they're wearing Dundalk gear. And uh, it's great to have a bit of company that I half recognise. Hello, uh, my name is Eamon O'Farrell. I'm from Greenacres in Dundalk. Gary Hapney, I'm from Loud Village.
10: Anthony Todd from Belfry Dundalk.
9: Right, so lads, you're not supposed to be here, are you?
10: No, but uh, well, we're allowed to travel, so I just thought we'd come and see how it
9: goes with this uh, trip, and see can we get uh, tickets for the game. What's the chances, Gary, of getting tickets?
11: Not 100 sure, Adrian, but like as, as we spoke about coming over ourselves, like um, they're
9: saying they're going on repub- uh, general public sales tomorrow, so we might we might snip on some of else. This is proper commitment to the team, isn't it? Coming out to a you know a foreign country to watch a game that officially you don't have access to.
10: Yeah, well, look, UAF is telling no away fans, but look, we're three tourists, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, we're going to be making the best of a concierge in the hotel, and we'll see what they can do for us now in the line of tickets. But um, fingers crossed we'll be there tomorrow. Do you follow them everywhere, Eamon? Well, a lot, as many
4: places as I, as I can do, I will follow them all right. I've been abroad a couple of times with them, so this is the first time, obviously, we go going without tickets. Usually we have tickets before we go, so as the other two gentlemen says, we just have to wait and see. But with the capacity at 6,000, I think we'll be able to get three
9: tickets out of 6,000 some way or another. Good, well, best of luck to you on that. What about the actual team tomorrow, Gary, and what have you made of Dundalk's form of late?
11: Yeah, a bit hit and miss there, but I, I thought... The- started didn't start great last week but committed the game i thought i, I must i wouldn't be an absolute fan of zeebo Mills from i thought now didn't do us justice last week but i thought when slobber come on he steadied the ship we were down the middle so i'd like to see him starting
9: makes a big difference and not having away goals goals in the tie you know at 2-2 this tie is over if it was any other season practically
10: yeah it is um when i heard that that was going to be the decision i didn't agree with it really whatever but look it's worked to our advantage um, it's a one-off game, effectively here. So, you know, I think we have everything to play for. As Gary said, there, we can't start slow. I think there will be a bit of rotation. 120 minutes there um, against Treaty. Some players got uh, game time. Some players, you know, may feel hard done by now uh, tomorrow. But yeah, I think we can do it definitely.
11: Yeah, I would agree. I, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think, I think we can get over the line. Look at look at them lads. they got vulnerable at the back. That the um, the talent team and I, I think the keeper was great last week so I think we need to exploit him a few places there
9: Pat Hooven has travelled with the group today as well that's fairly important as well especially in light of the fact that poor David McMillan had to slog for 120 minutes or whatever it was at the weekend
4: yeah it would be good to have fresh legs on if he, if he's selected
9: ahead of David but uh, he's putting in um, some performances and scoring the goals in Europe so if he's up front either one of them I don't mind which one of them because we've two good strikers and then we can change if we need to be are we concerned about Dundalk at the back a little bit as well? You know, they've, at the end of the day, they conceded two goals last week as well.
10: Yeah, they did. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we have been suspect all, all year, and, and this is something that we have to work on, you know. Um, I am, I am. I think there will be goals, whatever, but as Gary says, we will get over the line. We, we definitely will.
11: Yeah, okay. I agree with that, yeah. I I know just saying, agent there, yeah, and I think we are vulnerable at times at the back there, but... Uh yeah, I, I, I just I have the feeling we 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 just pepped him pepped him here. Any
9: of you guys in Tallinn the
11: last time that the no, doctor? I, out? I unfortunately I couldn't make it but what commitment say but it, it, Anthony Dale was there the last time, so no I, I didn't make it now. I believe it's a nice spot, so I'm looking forward to it.
9: Yeah, we're still here in the airport terminal, but you were there Anthony last yeah. time. It's a lovely city.
10: Yeah, it's a beautiful city, absolutely beautiful, uh real sort of medieval sort of vibe to it. Um I thought the locals were very hospitable. Um, and you know, if you go looking, you know, you'll get your cheap point, whatever. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out there, or whatever. But yeah, good city. The weather at the moment seems to be holding up, or whatever. But I think the forecast, whatever, for the next couple of days isn't great. But look, we'll have a good look around and see what we can find.
9: Well, Jerry, these three lads are way off to look for tickets for the match tomorrow. If not, I'm going to have three co-commentators alongside me. All right, lads, you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we oh, are doing that. That's no problem. Thanks very much for that. Yes, <laughs> that's not <laughs> a, thanks a thanks promise, very lads.
0: Thanks
9: very much. Are are <laughs> I, I wish these boys the best in getting their tickets. I'm fairly confident that you'll probably ma- manage to find your way into the game, and we're looking forward to bringing the game to you live, of course, on LMFM.
4: I hope they're not as co- I hope they're as confident of not <laughs> appearing as mugshots on Interpol's. <laughs> ...platform after the game. Anyway, we wish them well. Eamon O'Farrell, Gary Halpenny, Heapney and Anthony Todd. Three Dundalk fans in Tallinn. It is an absolute beautiful city. And just reminding you uh, that the game's uh, on LMFM here. Yes, it's on the radio and online from half past five this evening. 5.30 with Adrian Taff. You can follow the action... 2-2 two, two after the first leg and all to play for. We wish them well. Now, back to your food concoctions. Liam says, my ma'am used the cream on top of the milk, Louise, for making bread and cakes. And the neighbours shared the cream as well. Lovely to hear that. And I do remember, he says, the birds pecking the foil mm-hmm. on top of the bottles. That was a thing. It really was, Louise.
6: I, I think I remember the foil. And at Christmas they put Santa Clauses on the foil. Yeah, Am I but, right? They were yeah, dark blue with Santa Claus. Yeah,
4: they could there was a blue and a red foil so yeah. there was they used to rotate them. maybe there was other colors john like john yeah i think you like this louise crisps peanuts and grated cheese
6: louise mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> my kind of man oh john
4: <laughs> i'd say that's a hell of a combination ah jerry i must be alone in that i couldn't drink a glass of milk now you're not fond of milk are you either drinking
6: well i wouldn't be like you with the with the packet of crisps I'd drink, oh. i drink i used to love milk but I, I wouldn't have a glass. It wouldn't be my preference. A
4: glass of cold milk. You can't beat it. But there's a listener says, no. And yet they go on to say, my family still get milk delivered in those beautiful glass bottles. Aren't they mm. lucky to get that? I wonder where that delivery is coming from or who is actually doing that. Joke's time. Joke. I never tell a joke really on late lunch, but I'm going to tell a joke now. And it's related to the milk, Yvonne. I'll probably get shot for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know me, Louise. Press. Don't press that button. Press it. I'm a kid. That's my job. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, hi, Jerry says Yvonne. I'm listening to you talking uh, to the milkman about the pasteurised milk. And it reminds me of a joke my uncle used to tell. Cleopatra's servant was filling her bath with milk. Oh, she did bathe in the milk, Cleopatra. She certainly did. And the servant asked, Miss Cleopatra, would you like it pasteurised? And Cleopatra replied, I don't mind once it's past me arse. Oh, I'll get my coat. <laughs>
2: Yvonne,
6: you made me day I love it, I love it The bat signal is ringing here I think (laughs) it could be the boss. Pass your eyes,
4: pass Pass your eyes, pass me You know what I love it, that's a lovely Clean, milky joke On late lunch this afternoon Anyway Keep your food concoctions coming to us because Louise just saying to me, some day on late lunch we should just forget about guests and anything and just eat our way through the two hours. Live up to the name of the show. And just try everything under the sun. It's a thought, it's a thought. Anyway, stay with us on the show. More about the Beatles to come after three o'clock. Hi, Jerry. It's Magella. Oh Magella, how? Are you? How did the skinny dipping go? You were telling me last week you are going to plunge into one of the lakes near Drum Conrad. She's in trouble again. She's telling me that she worked in a nursing home for four years and the cold milk from the machine, we've been talking about milk all afternoon, was just lovely. And she bought a new fridge the other day, but the milk's not cold. Turn up the level on the fridge, I say, or I'll stick it in the freezer box for a while. Bring it into the lake if you're skinny dipping again. The water might cool it down. Magella, lovely to hear from you this afternoon. I move on to my Artists of the Week. Yes, the Beatles, in focus this week. With yours truly, the Beatles, you know, they quit touring in 1966 and that was because, you see, they had played 1,400 gigs, listen to this, around the world in the years up till then. They had to be worn out, to be honest with you. And they played their last final, the final commercial concert in San Francisco's Candlestick Park on August 29th. And here's the thing for you. It wasn't really to do with the worn-out feeling that they had or whatever. It was because of their delirious fans. You see, they just screamed and screamed and screamed. And at the time, the PA system's couldn't uh, better the noise of the fans. So you could barely hear the Beatles at the gig, so they decided to head back to studio. Now, free from touring, the boys' creative juices flowed and they delivered what is considered to be a masterpiece, *Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, that album. It was released on the 26th of May, 1967, and listen to this. It has been 27 weeks at number one in the UK and an unprecedented 15 weeks top of the pile in the USA. It's one of the biggest selling albums ever, shifting in excess of 34 million copies worldwide. In the wake of the album, the Beatles were described as lifestyle revolutionaries. They were that indeed. But the sudden death of their manager, Brian Epstein, on in August 67 was a real blow to the band. They were lost for a time and they were uncertain of their future, but they got their act together, they endured, making two more movies, Magical Mystery Tour and Yellow Submarine. Well, those movies, they didn't exactly set the world alight. They then went to India for three months in 1968, meditating, and it marked one of the band's most creative periods, yielding the double LP, The White Album. It too was acclaimed around the globe. But as the 60s drew to a close, so would the Beatles, which I'll tell you more about tomorrow. But for today, it just has to be this one from Sergeant Pepper. If i would out till quarter to three Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me When I'm 64? I'm nearly there myself. <laughs> anyway, it's the Beatles when I'm 64. My God, what a fantastic song. And I want to say a big hello this afternoon to Frank Snow, who was in touch with us yesterday. He's a massive Beatles fan and he is a man shed and you want to see the Lego pictures he's been working on in recent months of all of the Beatles guys. They're simply fantastic. He's obviously a big Beatles aficionado and it's helped him, Frank says, with his Parkinson's and uh, his finger dexterity. You've done a great job, Frank. And he says, I'll have a pint with you shortly, Jerry. Lovely to hear from you, Frank, this afternoon and delighted you're enjoying the Beatles. And I want to say a big hello to Brendan J. Walsh in New York City. He's just tuned into LMFM Radio after all these years. He's originally from Watergate Street in Navin. Listen to this, he emigrated in 1957 and he's been in New York City since. And Brendan, I hope you're having a great day and it's lovely to hear that you're listening to us back home here and we wish you well and he's just tuned in to us on the show. Great to hear from you. Final break of the afternoon on the show and when we come back, Connor Hughes, he's well known, the music shop in Black Rock just outside Dundalk in County Louth, his charity Cross Cause. And he's a lifesaver as well. Stay with us. It's all about Strictly now this winter for sure. The X Factor breaking news has been axed. The X Factor is gone. Not surprised. It had its day and it was limping to a conclusion. Anyway, no more X Factor news just breaking. Now, let's have a chat with a good friend of ours. He's been with me on the show a number of times over the years. He's the man behind Cross Cause, Charity, Music Man and many more strings to his bow. Connor Hughes, hello again.
12: Hey, good afternoon, Joe.
4: That's Thanks for joining me on the show. Just be t- before we talk about Cross Cause and uh, yeah. the wonderful donation you've been given, you were a yeah. lifesaver last weekend.
12: Yeah, I guess it was a small incident, but uh, when you live in Blackrock, you're aware of the way the tides work, so it was just to make people aware of that.
4: Mm. Yeah, and you, you did, you stepped in at a crucial moment because uh, uh, the tide beyond the break at the River Fane there, some people who weren't familiar would have been caught, Connor, with the tide, and you saved the day.
12: Well, I guess so. I, I um, yeah, they, they were heading towards England when I caught up with them.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> they were going
12: the wrong way, and the tide was going uh, this way. You know, so yes. it, just, it, it worked out fine. They, we all ran back together, and uh yeah through the tide just in time yeah,
4: just in time and there was a little baby involved as well but well done to you Conor uh, well, I know well. you're a modest man and you, you don't really want a lot uh, made of it but you did save the day and well done to you and just a warning for everybody if you're yeah. unfamiliar with an area watch the tide it moves in fast that really is the message now let's talk about uh, this wonderful donation you received from the hospital in Drawer tell us
12: yeah Jerry, um I'd love to have yours to know because it, it's, a, it's a kind of a it's a good feeling story to know that, uh, well, uh, equipment that was decommissioned from the Lewards Hospital uh, is now heading to Ghana and will save lives. Undoubtedly, I can testify to that for sure. Um, in particular, it was nine incubators, infant incubators, and they came from the maternity section, of course. And they got new ones, and uh, I got the tip off, and, and some great people there made it happen from... I'm over the moon, over the moon, Jerry, because I know what I know what this this is going to do.
4: Mm. Yeah, it's going to save hundreds of lives. That that's well, not that's that's not uh, exaggerating.
12: No, that's not nothing more than um, the truth. Because uh, Jerry, on my last time there, January, February, uh, in March, I was there and I had one incubator, the first one I ever got. It came from Cork Hospital, and uh, after. I think I spent about a month going round all the local hospitals to to pick the right hospital for it. You know, you can't just mm. give it; you have to do your work. And uh, I we I chose the one, and uh, a few days later we went back in there. Sure enough, there was a a youngster in it. And ah, um, mm. oh, look, it's that's now I've got nine of them, so I'll I'll be uh, I'll do my work well the far side and make yes. Yeah,
4: you'll be like Santa Claus arriving with nine for sure, Connor. Uh, but yeah. you know what? I, you know what I love about this uh, in those words you said a moment ago. There, yeah, you it it was made happen by people. There are too many people at times that don't make things happen. You know what I'm getting at,
12: Jerry? You you just put your finger on it because uh, <clears throat> someone said, "No, we're not. These are not going to be thrown out away." So someone said, "Let's find track down somebody who can make use of them." And in a way, that's what matters with everything. Someone's saying, enough, or we're going to do something about it. And that happened. Um, a lady called another modest person, <laughs> uh, if I could even dare to put myself in the same area. But uh, Maura, um, she got me got on to this. And two guys who I'm going to mention in uh, Draw the Hospital, because they completely deserve. There was a Brian Sharp. He's the engineer in there. He checked them over. And told me how, how wonderful the machines are and how they they have a huge lifespan remaining. at uh, John Cairns, uh, another man who he, he he had them in stores. He's he's in charge there, and he showed me them and brought them down to me. We loaded them up, and they're they're packed and ready to go. Well packed with frames round them, and mm. uh, they won't break. And ah uh, look, it's hundreds. Hundreds of lives for a lifespan. There's no question,
0: mm.
4: and I know I, it means the world to you. I just hear it. You're so uh, thrilled that this has happened and been made happen and facilitated by by all concerns. So they're on their way. Are you? Are, are, have you plans to go to Ghana soon yourself, Connor? Yeah,
12: yeah. The secret of this is, is that I meet them the far side and that I take uh, that I make sure they all of this all of this falls down on the last step uh, when you when you have stuff to donate. The and that last step is making sure to go to the right place. You, you, you can't leave a gap anywhere. Or you're a goner. It's as simple
4: as that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot yes. logistically involved to actually have them uh, delivered into the hospital's concern and, and up and running. I know that, but no better man to be yeah. there to, to, to make it happen. Connor, look, I have to leave it there today. I'm delighted to acknowledge those people and Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. Nine yeah. incubators heading to Ghana. It's a great, great gesture. And I wish you well with Cross Thanks. Cause and all you do, Connor. Thanks awfully Jerry. you, All the best. Not yeah. at all. Take care of yourself. That's Connor Hughes there. Most modest man he really is. He was a hero last weekend. I want to say that again. He won't say it himself, but he was in saving those people. But look at the work he's doing and well done to everybody who made that happen there with those incubators. Anyway, that's our lot on late lunch for this Thursday afternoon. Tomorrow, we're in New York today. We're going to Sydney tomorrow. Yes, to touch base with David McCabe from Center because, you know, nobody's been able to come home from Australia for a long time now because of the COVID. We're going to Find out what it's like there on the ground. We have our book club with Margaret Madden. Wonderful recommendations. Wine going into the bank holiday weekend with Rick Cronje. Leon Blanche will run his rule over the weekend sport. And Louise will be tasting pork scratchings on late lunch tomorrow. She's away to get a packet and deals. Anyway, and more besides. You too. Yes, we need you with us tomorrow afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive. See you Friday for the final show of the week, One thirty. Have a nice evening.
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk, and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist, Danny, find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie.
2: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ